Hey everybody, this week's episode is brought to you by West Elm's Design to Impact Initiative, where West Elm is committing to making things that aren't just good for customers, but good for the environment and the makers behind them too. But we learned it's not always easy, so stay tuned for that story and visit westelm.com slash YHL to learn more. You can also save 15% off your next West Elm purchase with the code YHL15. I'm John. And I'm Sherry. We like home stuff. We like talking. And we like the occasional game show sound effect. So welcome to Young House Love Has a Podcast, where we have deep and not so deep conversations about DIY, design, and life at home. Today we're sharing our favorite DIY and decor related gift ideas, and we're talking about how to focus your energy when you're itching to do lots of stuff at home. Also, John explains why he's just feeling itchy, like literally. Happy December, Sherry. One of my favorite months. I like hot chocolate, hot everything. I like that we decorated the house for Christmas. It's looking very festive. I know. You're looking at our Christmas tree right now. I am. We're sitting in the living room. John's in a baby chair. Just so you guys know, he's always in the baby chair. I'm on the couch. And there's a glowing tree behind him. It's it's like a mix of completely unprofessional podcast studio meets pretty tree. <laughs> And most of our Christmas stuff, we break out the same stuff. I don't go to the store and buy all new ornaments. That's a thing of the past. We used to do like theme trees. We don't get into that anymore. I even shoved some presents in a bird cage, which is new for me. (laughs) Yeah, I was surprised to see that. See, I do a little riff on something. These are presents I'd wrapped probably in 2008 before we had children. They're empty boxes, I should clarify. Yeah, they're not real presents. Right, they're just boxes I wrap with decorative, pretty metallic paper. And I keep them and I sometimes pile them up on the mantle. I've shoved them in a basket. And this year I was like, I guess I'll put them in storage. They don't have room for them on the mantle. And then I was like, wait a minute. If Pinterest came to life, it would say, Sherry, put the presents in the birdcage. <laughs> and so I said, aye, aye, Pinterest. And I shoved them in there. It's just fake presents in a birdcage, but it makes me smile. I feel like it's one of those things that they make fun of when they make fun of magazine styling. Right, totally. It's, <laughs> this oh. is my present cage. <laughs> it's where I keep the presents so nobody can get to them. But we did get one new thing this year. That's right. In celebration of the bonus room being finished upstairs, for anyone who can picture it, we have this wall of built on the back wall and some floating shelves and there's a window with sort of a window ledge or seat under it and we got a half-sized tree and put it on the window bench and it sits in front of the window and it glows and it's you can see it adorable. down the hall yeah you see it from when you come up the stairs and look to the left you see it glowing in the distance in front of the window i think it's like a nice down the hall like oh something over there yeah. well i remember around this time last year which was when we i think we were just gearing up to start doing the bonus room something was happening it was like not drywall Yet, yeah, I forget where we were exactly. But I remember we both had this thought like it would be so cool once this is done to put some sort of tree in there because that way when we come up, we'll have like this nod to Christmas. A beacon at the end of the hall. Exactly, exactly. And I had totally forgotten about it till like a couple days ago. And surprise of all surprises, this morning we were at Target and they had 50% off all the trees. And there is one that looks really good. We'll put a picture and a link in the show notes for you because it's the one we bought. It was... Marked down from a lot more, and that's why it looked good. Because yeah, I, like, I think it was 85 originally. So right, got for a for, little tree, which yeah, you four know. four and a half feet tall. That's how you know it's a good looking one. <laughs> they're expensive and they're small, and you're like, what? And it's pre-lit. Right, and it comes with the lights. And you're like, why is this so expensive? But when they're 50% off, you don't have that reaction. You see the red sticker, and you're like, awesome, this looks great, and it's 43 bucks. So... I feel like it will last us many years. You know, the grocery store ones are usually 20 and they last one season. So I was happy to put 43 down for it. And since it's pre-lit, we didn't have to buy the lights. And we just used leftover ornaments. We have some knitted ones. And we went to the section with the ornaments at Target and let the kids pick out a few new ones. So there's like 
a whole bunch of bears. Our son's in a bear phase. It might be lifelong because he's been in a bear phase for a long time. So we'll, I'll put some links in the show notes and some pictures to show you guys. But it is nice to have something decorated upstairs, yeah. I have to say. I'm looking forward to seeing it tonight since we literally just put it up before we started recording. <laughs> we enjoyed it for like five minutes. We'll go back up there and bask in the glow. Well, my what's new is not nearly as fun. My what's new is I'm getting over a um, severe case of poison ivy. <laughs> severe case. <laughs> Guys, I will refer you back to John with the bees. This is like that. I know. <laughs> DIY often attacks me in weird ways. <laughs> in itchy, rashy this ways. Is, this is one actually I fell victim to our new um, beach house. <laughs> <laughs> that we're fixing up that we mentioned um, in the previous episode. And I went out there one Sunday with one of my neighbors. Uh, Sherry stayed back in Richmond with the kids because it is not in a condition yet where it's safe enough to have the kids around and they won't like fall through a hole in the floor. Right. So, so we've gone out there a few times and done a little bit. But when we drive out there, the kids are at school and we're rushing back. We only have a few hours. So one Sunday I was like, John, what if I stay back with the kids you go and you get as much work as you can done. And John went with our neighbor who's like super into demo and literally came back and was like, anytime you want to do that again, yeah. I will go with you. <laughs> yeah. So we went, basically our task was just to clean out because the previous owner had left so much stuff. We basically filled up our dumpster just with like weird construction leftovers that he had from half finished projects. There were like old caulk tubes just used up but left in a corner and there were like 15 to 20 Yeah, of like them. a bag of cement right, just powder hardened. that had hardened. Right. <laughs> Um, but actually what took us the most time and filled up most of the dumpster was there's this like falling down metal shed in the back that was apparently full of stuff. And it was so grown over with vines and everything that like nothing inside was salvageable except for a few. Um, we found a couple windows that we might be able to reuse. But anyways, to get into this shed was a large piece of like brush that had overgrown the entrance. And we were just in the zone, and I didn't even stop to think that... You know what happened? You didn't have Poison Ivy McGee with you, which is me. Yeah. Because my entire life, I've grown up getting Poison Ivy when I look at it. So I'm the person when we're all out. Yeah. Now do you see why I'm crazy? Yes, your Poison Ivy dar is off the charts. Because our kids will be near something, and I'll be like, everyone freeze. That's Poison Ivy. I basically, am, if there was a mascot for Poison Ivy, it'd be me wearing a visor saying, step back from the brush. Yes. Meanwhile, I thought I was at like 15% of the population didn't get it because I never had it growing up. Oh, yeah. Up. John was like, I think I'm immune to it. Yeah. And I was like, mm, must well, be nice. Newsflash, I'm not. <laughs> you, know, so, you know how we know you're not immune? Um, the rash is all over Your my entire body arm is showing and my otherwise. chest and my stomach. Yeah. <laughs> well, so what happened was I went out there on a Sunday. And it didn't show up until like, I think the Wednesday after. Yeah. So I and didn't Tuesday even. Tuesday it started, which is what it does to me. It takes two days. Well, to... but I didn't even relate it to possibly being that. Honestly, my bed bug panic is yeah, the thing his, that goes off first. His bed bug alarm went off. My poison ivy alarm went off. I was like immediately <laughs> checking mattress seams for But bed I was bugs. like, dude, we sleep in the same room, like a foot away from each other. How could I not have anything anywhere? And he's like, my arms are all bitten up. Yeah. And then we thought the movie theater. Yes, because we just gone to the movies. <laughs> I was like, maybe there's something at the movie theater. Bed bugs at the movie movie theater just ate your arms yeah and then i was like john this is totally poison ivy it's spreading it's and it's a contact spread i think that's the problem is because i didn't really diagnose myself with it for like four days most of it i can cover up and then as soon as we got calamine and all the stuff that i use the oatmeal bath i've been treating john the way as a child i had to be dealt with because i'm super swelly and it just gets terrible right away and I think it's already drying out and getting better. Yeah, I think I'm I think I'm over the hump. So but if you hear any like scratching. background noise, it's probably me scratching my arms a little bit. 
But let's just all celebrate that we don't have bed bugs for a second. Like, let's all breathe yes. a holiday sigh of relief that we don't have an infestation in our house. Yes. Although my relief is only short-lived because I still am dealing with something myself. Beach House 1, John 0. But uh, let's move on to less gross things. <laughs> less rashy things. Yes, less rashy things. Uh, you've got updates, right? Yes. So the first update is from episode 23. We got a listener question from Joy. And she was saying, what's the deal with white risers? Oh, yeah. Do, do they, they scuff? get scuffed? Yeah. And we said, well, we have a runner that covers it. So ours in all the years we've had them have not been scuffed once. I haven't touch up painted them or used a magic eraser. But I sort of asked, what's the deal with them? Yeah, we posted this question kind of on Facebook and Instagram to see for other people who have white risers if they have issues with them getting scuffed. And we got over 100 comments, which I feel like is a reasonable sample. Most people said, if you have high gloss or semi-gloss paint, mm -hmm. it shows less scuffs or no scuffs. Makes sense. If you have a house with no shoes, it shows less scuffs or no scuffs. Meaning you don't wear shoes in the house. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> I not say, a house we, that wears shoes. <laughs> you don't own any shoes. You're in great luck. <laughs> no, we don't have shoes in the house. And lots of others said... Hey, I don't have shoes in the house. I don't have scuffs either. Or, hey, I have a high gloss. And even though I wear shoes, I don't have scuffs. So the, to me, if you wanted the utmost protection, I would use semi-gloss or high gloss paint. And I would have an at least a no shoes upstairs rule yeah. if you could institute that. That yeah. means even if people downstairs are visiting, they walk in with shoes, not a big deal. Just don't run up the stairs in yeah. your shoes. And I would say that's actually probably closer to our policy. We ourselves, those of four of us who live here, we take our shoes off. But we're not like crazy when guests come over to say, like, please take them off of the door. Right. Oh, and that's a side note. So people have asked, how do you enforce that? We don't really enforce it by saying like, can you take your shoes off? But I think we set the example that if you people look down and see our feet, four out of four have no shoes on. I will ask like a like a contractor or something before they go upstairs if they wouldn't mind removing their shoes. Right, or putting booties on or yeah. something. Yeah, we just, the, the worst would be to get like... <laughs> it's like we have a bag of booties. <laughs> no, but contractors have them. I've said to someone who had grease and like stuff on his shoes and I have a white and black runner. Yeah, well, I've most said, contractors are pretty good about that too. Right, they've been great. I don't think I come off as like mommy dearest crazy. I come off as like, sorry, I'm a, Just tiny, a little crazy. tiny bit neurotic. Yeah. <laughs> but so in general, the update is if you have white risers that seem to be getting scuffed a lot, I would see if maybe that is flat paint or not shiny enough. And so instead of scrubbing it all the time or touching it up all the time, maybe just do one or two coats of semi-gloss or high-gloss white and hopefully your problem will go away. Yeah. And even if it's older paint, because older paint scuffs more easily, you know, may not be as high quality as newer paint is. So a fresh coat of semi-gloss could also help that. Yes, and everyone who was cleaning them but acting like, oh, it's not a big deal, I can get it off with blank. The ways people listed over and over again to get it off that seemed to be the consensus for what worked well was magic eraser, Clorox or Lysol wipes, and Murphy's oil soap or some sort of mild soap in a rag. And another interesting piece of feedback we got a few times was that it's not just white risers that can look dirty. Dark risers can look dusty. So they can show like the lighter dust and dirt that would be hidden on a lighter step. Someone even says white risers look fine, but my stained wood stairs are worse for wear. So it's sort of a lesson in not anything is immune to scuffs or dust or dirt or scratches. Here's my tip. Don't use your stairs. Right. I liked one commenter who was like, we take our feet off and we levitate up the stairs. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect advice. Why didn't we think of that? <laughs> And I have one little update too. Episode 24, in my word digging, I talked about this new book that we'd ordered called Overview. And we got it shortly after the episode came out. And I just wanted to say it's awesome. 
Yeah, we were like, man, we should have waited till we had it because we didn't gush adequately about exactly. the amazingness of this book. I think the thing that surprised me the most is, was the size of it. It's like a basically like 11 inch square book. Yeah, it's and big. It has, and it's thick. Yeah, it's thick and has lots of presents. And so the pictures are often full bleed. And so it's just really, really pretty. And there's a lot more in it than I thought. And I think because of the size of them, because the actual pages, I think, are like 10 by 11, you could easily frame them in like an 8 by 10 or something if you wanted to take one out and pop it into a frame. John's in love. Yep, I'm in love. I might have to take the rest of the episode off just to look at it some more. <laughs> so um, good luck, Sherry. Enjoy, everyone. Thank See you. you later. I'm just going to talk to you guys alone no, with no. my birdcage full of resin. I'm not going away because I have a game for you. Okay, so here we go. This is where I quiz Sherry. I'm going to give her a list of things, and she has to tell me amongst that list what's real and what's not. I can do it. Are you ready for your category? I'm feeling like the Christmas strength from the tree is shining on my brain. I'm going to do something amazing. This has nothing to do with Christmas. I don't care. I'm getting power from the Christmas tree behind you. Understood. (laughs) Not not really, but okay. We'll go with it. (laughs) Do you remember ways back? We played a round of what's not that was based on as seen on TV products. Oh, yeah. I like that one. I feel like I was fine at that one. You were. This is a version of this, but instead of products that were from as seen on TV, these are products featured on Shark Tank. Okay, I'll be fine at this. I'm going to give you a list of products and you have to tell me whether they are real or not. Now I feel like I jinxed myself. I might not be fine on this, guys. I'm just trying to have a positive attitude. I did have to pull some out. This is from a list I found on BuzzFeed, and I'll put a link to the list on the show notes at younghouselove.com slash podcast. And there are a lot of products that people may recognize, like the Squatty Potty. Oh. Um, we are familiar with the Hoodie Pillow. Hoodie Pillow. And Small World, actually the co-founder of the Hoodie Pillow, once emailed us because she reads our blog. Friends for life. Rebecca. We have, like, I think you dropped a mention of it in a post That's like right. in 2013. And she was like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Hoodie Pillow. Yep. She also invented the City Kitty, which is a toilet for cats. Right. You, ha- you, train you put it them, on top of your toilet. You train them to pee and poop in your toilet. Pee? Maybe just poop. You know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't currently have a cat. I currently don't have a city kitty either. (laughs) So these are ones that I think you may not have heard of. And again, some are real, some are fake. I'm going to give you the name and a short description. Nerd Wax, which is a skin safe glue to help keep your glasses in place. Real. Yes. Soap Socks. These are animal shaped sponges to make bath time more fun. Soap Socks? Why Mm -hmm. would they be called socks? Because they go on your hand like a a glove. (laughs) But that would be a soap glove. I think they're real because you they described are. it. <laughs> feel like you gave that away. If I made it up, I probably would have not used the word socks. <laughs> okay. The one, two, three frame. A clever picture frame that you can hang without nails or a level. Yep. Real. Fake. No, but that really exists. Probably, but I don't think it's called the one, two, three frame. Eco nuts. An organic soap for your washing machine. Yeah, that's real. It is real. I've heard about that. And they're actual nuts. Yeah, like soap nuts. Have yeah, you heard soap of soap nuts? nuts? Yeah. I had not till I read this list. Roller shelf, a sliding track system for maximizing closet storage. Fake. It is fake. Yes. Unshrink it, a liquid soak for bringing wash sweaters back to their original size. Liquid soak? Yes, a soak. Real. Yes, it is real. Smart. Phone soap. These are very soapy. All of them are soapy. There is a soap theme. (laughs) Shark Tank must have figured out that's a... (laughs) A killer market. Uh, Phone soap, a phone charger outfitted with a UV light to kill bacteria. I think... It's a real concept, but I think you made it up the name. Fake. It's real. Oh. Yep, it's a phone charger that uses that UV light to kill bacteria. How can it be called something clean instead of soap? 
It's not really soap. Because, again, <laughs> soap is a hot product area for Shark Tank. <laughs> EVP Extreme Vehicle Protection. It's an oversized bag you park your car in during bad weather. Uh, no, but very funny. Um, that's real. <laughs> it's not. It is. <laughs> you park your car in a bag. It literally. It's, it's just, like a bra for your whole car to protect you from bad It's like weather. a Ziploc bag that is car How sized. do you drive into a Ziploc bag? Does someone have to hold it open? You know what? There should have been a video in this post, but I, I bet there's like it. a metal frame or something. That is crazy. I will admit I'm going off of the BuzzFeed descriptions of these. Okay, got it. A fresh sheet. This is layers of disposable bed sheets that you can peel off after guests leave. Like a fresh, A, space fresh, space sheet. I have written it as one word. That means you made it up, so it's vague. That's real. Oh, that's a misdirect. Sorry. They have written it as one word? Oh my gosh, I'm like an F on this. Yeah, apparently this is like you apply one sheet, but it is seven layers in it, so you can peel them off and dispose of them. Don't you think that the dust gets through one layer and they're all dirty after one sleep? I I don't know. Say your guest spills their hot chocolate in bed. Is it going to stop at the (laughs) hot sheet? Oh, okay, because that's a, a usual scenario. <laughs> okay, say we have friends who have kids who have bottles, and their kid climbs into bed with a bottle, and say they spill their bottle in the bed. Wouldn't it soak through and get many sheets dirty? Yes, but in that scenario, you have to take the sheets off anyways. I guess, I guess. If you have used a fresh sheet, let us know. <laughs> yes, tell us if it's as good Sherry's as Sherry's unconvinced. Sounds. I am unconvinced. She would not invest if she were a shark. Okay, last one. The Pavlock. It's a wristband that shocks you when you're about to commit a bad habit. Ooh, that would be good, but it's fake. Good it, name. It is real. Oh, it's a great name. I love it. Is it torture? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> are we torturing ourselves? Maybe. Well, if you are interested in getting some nerd wax or <laughs> a giant bag to drive your car into during bad weather. <laughs> sounds amazing. Let's get a bunch of those and have parties in them. I'll put a link to these products in the show notes at younghouselove.com slash podcast along with the BuzzFeed article that listed uh, dozens more. And guys, if you're going to be on Shark Tank, as long as it has to do with soap, you're in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's start brainstorming some soaps. Lather something, easy something, clean something. There's a lot of names we could come up with right now. Well, we don't have time for that because we have a listener question to answer. Soapy dokie. <laughs> oh, no. Come on. Tell me right now, if you're listening at home and you would not buy soapy I am in for 10%. <laughs> At $350,000. I gotcha with the name. Yep. With a name like Soapy Doki. I have no idea what it does, but I'm an investor. (laughs) You're also a client. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not just the inventor of Soapy (laughs) Doki. It's soap for when you itch yourself from poison ivy. Seriously, I need it then. (gasps) Okay. So now we do have a listener question, and it's from Tracy. She's calling all the way from Australia. Hi, John and Sherry. It's Tracy calling from Adelaide in South Australia. I was wondering how you resist rushing in to renovations when you buy a new house. We're just about to settle on our new home and I'm overwhelmed with all the changes that I want to make, but I know that we're going to be better off taking our time and living in the house for a little while, but I'm also excited to get started on all of these projects. Thank you. That's a good question. And also, congratulations on the new house, Tracy. That's awesome. Good day, mate. Oh, my gosh. Now, <laughs> I think that's offensive. I just love your accent. This is a fantastic question. I think the first tip is, if you have all this energy and excitement, don't resist. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to resist. 
I you should resist if you're unsure about things. Yeah. So like, don't go rushing in to knock down a wall and then later be like, dang, I wish I had left that up or rethought the floor plan a little more. Yeah. Um, you Typically, kitchens and bathrooms we wait on and yeah. any major floor cha- plan changes. Like if we're going to open a doorway or loft a ceiling or finish a room that's just framed in, those are things we like to really think about because you might end up moving the doorway or moving the orientation of the counter or getting a double sink or pedestal sink. You know, there's some bathroom and kitchen choices that you can think more clearly once you live there yeah i think a lot of people probably figure out what they want in a house up front and try to get as much of that done before they move in assuming that their decisiveness and their budget and their timeline allows for it so i think a lot of people do that but we've found for us we like to wait on the big things and have some time because i think usually when we move into house we know we're not decided enough to jump in but Tracy, we're like you. The night before closing, we can't sleep. We're so full of excitement. And when we get into the house, we're not like, oh, it's the month that we're going to not do anything. Like I have I'm to hold crazy. Sherry back. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and when we moved into our first house, when I was still working full time in an office, like a regular nine to five. And I was working from home. Yeah, I did not in have- In our the, new house. I didn't have the opportunity <laughs> to hold her back. And so I came home from work that day and like- all the curtains were off the window and you had taken down this like weird wood divider. Yeah, I had demoed a wooden divider that was eight feet tall. I didn't know John you were able work. to demo things at that point. In our relationship. <laughs> I didn't either. Look at me. <laughs> I came home and there was like a trash pile in the sunroom. I was like, I guess this is what happens when we move into a house with Sherry. <laughs> and the hits keep coming because I do it <laughs> right, all the time. Right. John leaves and I knock something down. But I just think, so I understand wanting to resist the urge to do something you might regret. And I definitely think if you're not 100% sure you want to paint the brick or the paneling, don't start there. If you're not 100% sure about the floor plan or if your budget doesn't allow for something, definitely wait. I mean, nothing's worse than knocking things down in a in a rush and then not having the budget, time, or means to fix something. Yeah. I think a good way to pump your own brakes, if that's what you're really looking to do, you know yourself well enough to know that you might dive in further than you are ready to, is to just give yourself a reality check by pausing to really ask yourself some hard questions about what you want to get done. Like, have I really thought something through? Do I really know what I want to do? Do I have the money to pull this off? Do I have the time to pull it off? I think really asking yourself the hard questions about the logistics of carrying out these things you're so excited to do will inevitably slow your roll a little bit. Right. Because you'll realize like, oh, maybe I haven't figured this out all the way through. Or maybe if I saved up a little bit more, I could do it even better. Or maybe I'm too busy to really dive into a big project like that. I think a lot of those things, again, those reality checks mm-hmm. will, I don't want to say dampen your enthusiasm for I it. I think they'll redirect your your momentum in the right way. Because yeah. I don't think momentum really gets killed. I think it gets redirected. So if you're like, I want to run in there and paint all the cabinets, but then you're speaking to your partner, you're thinking about it and you're saying, do I really want to put the food in the fridge and start using this kitchen instead of waiting a week to use the kitchen? And then your energy, that momentum and excitement you have is still there. It just goes somewhere else. And so maybe that's why when I was sitting there, I I remember it clear as day. I had an 18 page thing I was writing. I was copywriting at the time and I wrote all my pages and I proofed half my pages and I was like, you know what, I'm for lunch break, I'm going to take all the curtains off. And I was like halfway through my document and I ran through the house ripping all the curtains down as fast as I could and put them in a pile in the sunroom. And I got back on the computer and I proofed the rest of my pages and then I was like, there's still time and I do own a hammer and a sledgehammer. I think I can knock this divider down. But I did ask myself some practical questions. I thought, is this something I have the money to do? Yes, it was just sort of demo so it was brute strength. And I was 
wasn't sure at the time whether it was connected to the ceiling. So my thought was, what if I knock this down and there's a hole in my drywall in the ceiling? Do I have the money, time, and sort of understanding of how to fix this? And I thought, I'm sure we could figure out how to patch a small area of drywall. I do have the money to buy spackle for that small area and a piece of drywall to fix it. It wasn't like I was knocking open a hole in the siding or making a window. You know, it wasn't like a big project I didn't know if I could complete. So yeah, I was, it wasn't something you were going to get in over your head on. Right. I was confident I could do it. And luck of all luck, it was built after the house was drywalled. So it just came out. The ceiling was fine. It needed a little bit of touch-up paint, but that wasn't outside of our ability. And we actually had to paint the entire room anyway. So in that way, it worked out just fine. But I think if you have all that energy, it's perfect. You'll go into your house with all this momentum and it's awesome. And I would just look around and see what are the easy things you could do. So I think just thinking what you can get into and have confidence that you can get out of them. Yeah, I think it's really about redirecting that momentum to the things that you are certain about, the things you know you can accomplish. So you have a bathroom and it's fine. You know, it's not the wall color you'd love. It has maybe it has a wallpaper border, but the sink is fine. The toilet's it fine. Functions. Right. That might be a great place to put your energy, repaint the walls, rip down the wallpaper, and maybe get like a new shower curtain and some cute like soap pumps. Just like a little investment of time and money. And suddenly this one room feels like you've made progress on it and it helps the momentum and I think it's like a morale boost, right? Your whole house doesn't feel like you if you can make one corner of it feel like you. That's just like what you need to feel at home and it really can help you keep going. Yeah, like when we moved into our second house, one of the first things we did was get our daughter's bedroom and our bedroom kind of situated. If nothing else in the house is organized, at least the two places we come to at the end of the day will feel somewhat put together. And that was the way we directed our momentum to make meaningful changes to the house and meaningful progress, but we weren't having to commit to big things like the kitchen layout. Right. And the last thing I'll add is this is the reason we like what we call those phase one parts of projects, like take our kitchen, for example. We weren't ready to commit to the full thing, but we harnessed the energy and the excitement we had to just do some temporary kind of interim upgrades to make it a little bit more palatable, a little bit more functional for us before we had to commit to the big renovation that we did recently. I think it'll be great, Tracy. Good luck with everything. And if you guys have a question for us that you'd like us to tackle on a future episode, you can call and leave us a voicemail at 571-4-YHLHAP, as in Young House Love has a podcast. And in the meantime, I will just be working on my accent. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Wallaby. Didgeridoo. Hugh Jackman. Well, now you're just quoting Despicable Me too. <laughs> Is that where, all I know. <laughs> that's where you get your Australian accent references. Okay, um, let's do our word digging. But first, let's take a quick break. As you guys heard, this episode's brought to you by West Elm and their Design to Impact initiative. It's basically their commitment they've made to supporting makers around the globe, as well as protecting the globe itself. You know, things like sustainably sourced wood and organic cotton. So to learn more about this mission, we got to talk to Jennifer Gutman, who heads this up at West Elm. She told us a lot about why this is important to them, but we also had this question for them. If this is the right thing to do, why isn't everyone else doing it? Because it's hard. It's really complicated to dig into your supply chain and figure out all the layers, you know, especially when you think about working with artists and vendors, you have to have a really compassionate sourcing organization. They have to be able to understand that chikungunya, which is a mosquito-borne virus outbreak in Haiti that, you know, makes a third of the workforce not able to come is going to result in delivery delays. So there's a whole element of humanity behind all of these programs and complexity that a business has to have a tolerance for. 
If you want to learn more about why West Elm is so committed to this, despite its challenges, visit westelm.com YHL. There you'll see how they became the first home retailer to offer fair trade certified products. And don't forget to use the code YHL15 at checkout to save 15% off any order at West Elm. That code again is YHL15 and it expires at the end of January. Okay, so we're digging, but first... Musical interlude. Okay, so since we are in the gift-giving time of year, I was thinking about gifty stuff as I thought about this week's We're Digging. And before I get into mine, I was going to say that if anyone is looking for gift suggestions or holiday decor suggestions beyond what we're about to talk about now, you can go to our website. We have a We're Digging page that we've talked about before at younghouselove.com slash digging. Or if you are on our site, it's on the menu bar. It says We're Digging. There's boxes for all different categories of things like sofas, rugs, art, blah, 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 blah. But the first one, we put a special one up called holiday decor. That is specific things that are seasonal. Yeah, and it won't be up forever. So if you're looking for stockings we like or bottle brush trees we love or ornaments or little decorative things like tabletop decor, holiday stuff, whether to gift it to yourself or gift it to someone else, that button won't be there forever. So good on ya for mentioning it. Yes. Good on ya. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Okay. I am going to move on. I'm going to talk about my word digging. Again, thinking about gifting. I used to make fun of my dad for like always wanting just like super practical gifts. Like when you ask him for gift suggestions, it's almost like you're just getting a shopping list. Like literally (laughs) for his birthday back in the fall, I asked my mom if she had any suggestions. She forwarded me an email that he had written with a list of things. I I shall read some of it for you. (laughs) He wanted a um, really big supply of car window cleaner along with... um, Some paper towels. For the window cleaner. For the window cleaner. Just one small box of regular paper clips. (laughs) This really is like, I don't feel like going to Target. (laughs) Exactly. That's literally what I got. I'm like a roll of paper towels, some window cleaner, a box of paper clips, as he asked. He did put a Porsche on there, but I did not buy him a Porsche. That's funny. But I realized that there's a certain genius to this type of gift request, because especially as I'm still organizing my shed, I'm realizing all the like little practical things. Talk more about your shed. (laughs) I try to bring it up whenever I can. But I'm like, oh, I wish I had like another pair of safety goggles because I'm always misplacing my safety goggles. Or like, I wish I had just like some rags around. (laughs) John's going to ask me for rags for Christmas. Basically. So if you have a DIYer in your life, I was thinking if you needed just like some stocking stuffers or even, you know, you want to throw a bunch of stuff into a gift bag. I had some random items that no one might think to ask for themselves, but I think would find really useful to have around. You're turning into your practical dad. Yes. This is inspired by my dad. This is a total like dad gift list. (laughs) As mentioned, safety goggles and a bag of rags. If you're feeling like a high roller, two bags of rags. Yep. A bunch of carpenter pencils. Those are the like flat pencils that don't roll because I'm always finding I don't have anything around to write with. A tape measure because you can never have enough tape measures. That's right. We like Stanley. That's our favorite. The big yellow. Yeah. But I think even like a small pocket one to carry around, like no one will ever regret having extra tape measure around. True. And also some sort of flashlight or work light. Because I think, again, that's a like really practical thing. My grandma once gave all the boy cousins in my family these- Headlamps? um, (laughs) No, they were hats that had a light in the visor that you click on. This is, I was probably like 19 at the time. And I was like, who needs this? I wish I still had that thing, man. I would use that all the time. (laughs) So I know none of these things are really sexy sounding, but I think they actually could make a good gift if you like put them in a bucket. A bucket, that's a good thing too to have around. Yeah, a bucket. Put them in a bucket, maybe throw in like a gift work card. Work gloves. Oh, yeah. yeah, work gloves. I should have put that on the list. Good. Gosh, I should have thought this through more. 
Sanding block. Yeah, sanding block. I always need sanding block. I always run out of sanding blocks or sandpaper. Yeah, even those short-handled paintbrushes like... Oh, yeah, those are the best. I think it would be a cool little gift to get someone. Again, they might not open it and be immediately wowed. It's not like you're giving them like an iPad. And can I put a little decorative spin on it, as I'm known to do? They sell at craft stores a clear paint can or a metal paint can, and I think it'd be cute to put them all in there. I mean, a bucket is super functional if you want to give it to them yeah, a bucket. Yeah, I would give the bucket the practicality points. I know, but if you give someone a bucket, they're like, thanks for the bucket full of stuff. I don't know. And then like a month later, like, thank goodness for this bucket That's full of true. stuff. That's true. That's true. Whenever you get something practical, you don't think it's exciting until you need it, and then you're thrilled that you don't have to go to the store. I think for your word digging, you should make up one for like decorators. If mine was the tool okay. version, what's I the like that. So putting what, you on the spot? What I use all the time and run out of but go by and it would be nice like and practical to have it is three. Money. Yeah, money all the time. Just give someone money. They'll always like it. No, I use those Velcro strips, 3M Velcro, and it's like they're picture hanging strips. So a lot of times we get questions, how did you hang that on the tile backsplash? And the answer is 3M Velcro. I even used it in our drawers in our kitchen to secure wooden boxes full of things so they don't slide around. They stick to the bottom of the drawer, but they're removable. So 3M Velcro strips are awesome. in no way sponsored by 3M. No, it sounds like I've said 3M 15 times. Command strips is what you call them. Oh, is that what they're called? Yeah, 3M command strips. Command strips. I also love those ook hooks, which hang pictures. So they're basically, they're like a needle that stabs into your drywall. You hardly need to hit it. Yeah. You tap it and it goes through this sort of clasp and, and it's a picture hanger. And the wire or the picture, you know, hook on the back of the frame goes on to that. And they're very stabilizing. They can hold a lot of weight. Yeah. They're very easy to use. They come in a little round tin. Yeah. And so they make you, a very small hole. So if you have to move it. Yes. It's really And they just go in. so They're so sharp. They go in so nicely. So if, literally if someone bought me a stocking and, and it was command Velcro and ook hooks and maybe some other functional things like the sanding block. I use that a lot a too. A level. Yeah, a level, a little paintbrush maybe. Um, I think you're really kind of veering over into my lane a little bit. (laughs) Excuse me, we both use all of these things. And then I think decorating these stuff might be like a pretty scented candle. We don't buy candles for ourselves. I mean, I try to when I'm like, look, I'm going to treat myself. Look at me, I'm buying myself a candle. But it's a nice gift to give someone, especially a beautifully smelling one. You go to anthropology and you're like, I'm never going to buy myself these, but what a nice thing to get someone else. So I think little decorative things like that, a beautiful frame. I mean, I think ornaments always make a cute stocking stuff or like a beautiful ornament that someone might love that's like felted or glass or something pretty. I'm going to go out on a limb and say a plant. Yeah, a plant's cute. A little cactus or a um, succulent, a jade plant, and ceramic anything. Ceramic animal, <laughs> right, ceramic Now we're getting very sherry specific. <laughs> I'm also going to throw in decorative napkins or dish towels. Oh, yes. That's always cute. I think that's one of those things that you can't have too much of uh-huh, for the most you're part. You're right. And, and you can find lots of different styles. And something has to remind you of that person. Like yeah. for your mom, I always see dish towels that are like cute Santa ones or seasonal ones that she'd love. In the fall, there's like ones with leaves stamped on them. And I always think, oh, John's mom would love that. So I think they're um, inexpensive. You can find them at places like uh, Home Goods or Target. And that'd be a cute thing to throw in. You know, if you got someone a beautiful frame, some ook hooks to hang the frame, and then a candle and a dishcloth. Now, here's my challenge to you. Since you're not putting it in a bucket like my present. Stocking. I'm putting it in a stocking. A really big stocking. (laughs) What if this is a non-denominational moment in the year? Okay, then I'm putting it into... A decorative bowl. No, that's weird. A bowl? I'm putting it in a lampshade. That's even weirder. (laughs) What if you're putting it in a pillowcase? No. Pillow cover. You know the zip-off pillow covers? And you fill the pillow cover with something. So you're bringing someone a sack of frames. (laughs) That's what Santa does. He brings everyone a sack full of gifts. 
This week is our podcast's six-month anniversary, which means if you've listened to all 27 episodes, you've endured over 14 hours and 42 minutes of us yammering away. So thank you so much for listening. And we'd love it if you could help us mark this milestone with a rating or review in iTunes. Or if you've already done that, why not share your favorite episode with a friend, relative, your yoga instructor? And thanks for sharing what you do while you listen, like Emily from Oregon, who listened while giving herself an IVF injection and later told us it was successful. We're so excited for you, Emily. And check out younghouselove.com slash podcast for all the bonus links, photos, and info from this episode, like a look at our new Christmas tree in the bonus room. And a close-up of John's rash. Just kidding. Later. Bye. A little wallaby (laughs) walked by me. And I said, why, hello. I'm totally cutting this out. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> We're going to put a poll in the show notes. Do we've you like lost, Australian sharing? We've just lost all of our Australian listeners. <laughs>